Good morning. Grace and peace to you. I want to echo Mike's words about Friends Day. A uh, direct opportunity to share your faith with someone in your life. Maybe somebody you've been studying with or next door neighbor or someone in your family that uh, you'd like to see become a Christian. Uh, we try to do this twice a year, and it's uh, one of the outreach methods we've set aside to do this. So please be considering that, uh, those folks in your life, praying about them, praying for them, and praying for yourself that you'll have opportunity to invite, and they'll, they'll respond in a good way. Talk about, as you see, two ways and two destinations this morning from Matthew chapter 7. And we'll be reading that in just a few moments. Uh, most of us have done some type of traveling, some more than others. And I'm talking about uh, a situation where you have to buy a ticket, airplane or a, a bus, train maybe, or go on a cruise. And I was going to use Mike as an example this morning, but Mike is working, so uh, maybe we'll do Shirley and Janet this morning. They're planning a trip. They've bought their tickets, and please pray for them that all this will go well. And they plan to go to the airport, get on a plane that will eventually take them to Kansas. And... Uh, that's, we, we know that that's the way these things work. If you buy a ticket to go somewhere and you go and get on that vehicle, that it will take you to that place. Uh, many of us have gone on bus trips. If you want to take a bus trip to El Paso or whatever, you buy that ticket, you get on that bus, and you end up in El Paso, barring any, uh, any problems and so forth. Some of you have gone on cruises. You buy your ticket. You want to go to a certain place in Caribbean or whatever, and that's where you expect to go. You don't expect to end up somewhere else. Well, things work the same way in the spiritual realm. And the Bible affirms this over and over and over again. That you can't uh, choose darkness and hope to end up in the light. And you can't choose falsehood and hope to end up in the truth. And you can't choose wrong and hope to end up in the right. You can't choose evil and end up in the good. And you can't choose the world and hope to end up in Christ. It's just not possible. And so many people deceive themselves and think it is. And it's a terrible deception that Satan has put in many people's hearts. That you can choose one thing and hope to end up with another. Matthew 7, and much of Jesus' teaching was about this, and the, you know, the apostles and that which was given to them through the Holy Spirit is, a, is the same thing. We see over and over again there's only two choices. <laughs> There's two ways, there's two destinations, and so forth and so on. And this is one of the plainer teachings of Scripture and plainer teachings of the Lord about that. 
He says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So we see Jesus only talks about two ways here and two destinations. There are two roads to travel in life, if you will, and there's only two. There's only two. He doesn't talk about a third way or a fourth way or whatever. There's two ways. And I realize, you know, everybody has a personal story and your own experiences and nobody's life is exactly the same or exactly like anybody else's, but Jesus isn't talking about that. He is talking about the way you live your life, the purpose you live your life for, and what you hope to find at the end of that journey. The first way here is said to be a broad way. Some manuscripts have wide and easy. And this appeals to many people because we tend to like things that are easy, don't we? We all do, I know that. We like our comforts. We like something that's no sweat, no hard work. You don't have to give up anything. It's pretty much no trouble at all. It's a broad way, and it's an easy way, and you don't have to do much on that way. The second way is contrasted with it. It's said to be narrow, and that means confined. There's different versions here of different words. Confined, difficult way is hard to travel. This means it requires some effort, some work, endurance, sacrifice. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be restrictions. You can't just do whatever you want to do. There are things that are required to travel this narrow way. You can't carry as much luggage as you might like. You know, they're trying to figure out how much, you get, whether you get a lot of restrictions now on this air travel and how, how uh, much weight you can carry even in your bag you put uh, stow underneath in the, in the luggage place. Uh, can't be, you know, they, they'll turn you away or charge you extra money. So uh, this way is confined, it's narrow. And I was thinking of a comparison here, and I don't know if this is real good or not, but it might hit home with some of us. This would be like if you want to go, you can go either 50 miles in a climate-controlled limo. You have all your snacks, your beverages back there, food to eat. You can have all the music going or videos to watch. And you can just sit back and cruise, baby. No problems at all. That's the broad way. Or... You can choose to take a 10-mile hike over extremely mountainous terrain in July, and you can have bottled water and sack lunch and a few power bars. That's the narrow way. Which you're going to choose? 
it, it is a di there's different way to travel. Matthew 10, turn over a couple pages there. You know, Jesus was always up front with us about following him. He was up front with those there that he talked with, with his disciples and those the crowds that followed him, and he's then up front with us because we hear his same words, and his words are for us. Matthew 10, 21, brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. That doesn't sound like anything that might be easy, does it? And that happened. You will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. There's an endurance there. There's opposition. There's heartache. Families broken apart because of Jesus Christ and faith in him. Verse 34, same chapter. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Maybe sound contradictory where he said in another place, Jesus is the prince of peace. That means he came to bring peace with man and God. That we can be at peace with God through him. And we can be at peace with everyone else who's in Christ. We talked about this a lot last week, love one another. But we're not at peace with the world. And Jesus never told us to be at peace with the world. He says, For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be members of his household. And, there, you know, there's other places he talks about the discipleship, you know, taking up your cross and so forth and so on. It's to be a hard and difficult way. I don't usually say things like this, but it so disturbed me that I'm going to mention it, and I want to bring it up in our fellowship. Article in the paper, and I'll just, about the head of one of the biggest, quote, Christian churches on this planet, making peace overtures to the Muslims and saying that we are just brothers and all we need to do is just get along. I, w I was appalled, even though I don't believe in a lot of what they teach. I was appalled by that because those are not the words of Jesus at all. He said, take the gospel into the world and you have to choose. And there will be disagreement. And there will be enemies made because of the gospel and because of Jesus Christ. We've got to be prepared for that. We, we've got to set him first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And that word strength, I've been studying about that a little bit. That doesn't mean strength of body. 
That means all of your power and will and desire and oomph, spiritual oomph. That's what that means. You give it your all. We're not here to compromise and just get along. Yeah, we, we're not here to make enemies on purpose, but we're here to stand up for what's right, stand up for the truth, and stand up for Christ. There's a broad way, and there's a narrow way. That's it. There are two destinations at the end of these two ways or roads. Let's go back to uh, 7 and 13 and 14 there in Matthew. The broad way ends up, as he says, in destruction. The word there means to destroy, to cause, to perish, to put to death. It means the ruination of one's whole life. You can think about the second death there in Revelation. You lose everything. You lose it all. You lose your way, your, your life. It's destruction. However you choose to view that. And we've talked about that in different Bible classes. The narrow way ends up in life. Not death. Not destruction. Doesn't life sound a whole lot better than death and destruction? But so many people don't choose it. Because they don't believe it, you see. They don't believe Jesus' word. They say, oh, he'll never do that. God's a God of love. He won't destroy people. He won't cast them into hell. No, he won't do that. Not what Jesus said. The life here is life eternal. Life with God Life with the Savior. New heavens and a new earth. Endless. You know, we, we read this in other places. Endless joy, peace. We receive glory with Christ. Healing and wholeness. I was thinking about this. When we get there, by the grace of God, receive that spiritual body. We're going to be whole people. W-H-O-L-E, whole people. And we all know, those who are serious about their Christian walk realize that right now we are even internally broken. That we are divided because we are still at times attracted to the world. That we are still tempted by things of the world. And we don't always give our 100% to God. And... God understands that, and we understand that. And that's part of the struggle and part of this narrow way that we keep fighting against this, these temptations and these weaknesses and faults that we have. And we keep coming back to God and saying, Lord, forgive me for that, or forgive me for this failure or that failure. But in that by and by, we'll be whole people. We will not have that division within us. It will be taken away. We'll be totally at peace. We won't be having to make these choices because we have made the choice for Christ and he is going to make us whole. Wipe away all tears. 
to me, that, that's, you know, that's going to be one of the greatest blessings of all. That we're, The struggle will be over, you see. The struggle will be over. And we'll be at peace with God. To go back to our comparison with the riding in the limo, okay, you're riding along in the limo, but where does it go? The highway just, just goes off the end. There's a bottomless, fiery pit there, and that's the end. It doesn't really go anywhere, so to speak. But on this trek over the mountains, this 10-mile stretch of struggle and sweat, parched throat, scratches and briars, and so forth and so on, twisted ankles. There's this beautiful celestial city in a paradise. That's the end. A place you can't believe so beautiful and lovely and everything is taken care of. It's a real destination. It's a real place you want to go and be. Let's look in Romans 6. Paul talks here about the same thing. 6.21. He says, Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed for the outcome of those things is death. He's talking to the, those Christians before they came to Christ. And all the things they are engaged in, you know, of the sexual immorality and the lying and the partying and the drunkenness and the carousing and all that. He says those things brought death. He says, but now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. You see, there's the two ends right there. Outside of Christ is death. Everything we're engaged in out there just brings death and destruction. In Christ, it's eternal life. For he says, the wages of sin is death. And the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift from God. Cost God a lot. As we, Don Sewell spoke here at the table about our Lord. But it's a gift from God to us. So there's two ways. And there's two destinations. One destination for each one of those ways. Plainly taught in Scripture. Now let's go back to Matthew 7. And we see that there are travelers on both of these ways or roads. On the broad way that leads to death, there are many. There are many who travel there. And I was reflecting on that, and we often wonder, you know, why... Can't certain people choose Jesus? What's the problem? What's the situation? And I know many of you have talked with people and tried to persuade people as, as I have and uh, Shirley and I have together. 
sometimes they're just confused. They're just really confused about what's what, and they just need taught a little bit more. They haven't even been in a place where the Bible's even taught, or even taught about God. That's, that's becoming more and more prevalent these days. They don't know any of this. Some of them are ignorant of this. Some have been deceived. You know, they've grown up somewhere and somebody's been telling them something different from what's in the scripture. You know, this universal salvation perhaps, or, you know, none of that's true. God will save everybody, whatever. Some people are just plain lazy. You hate to say it, but they just don't want to get up and do what needs to be done. They're too comfortable where they are, and they won't move. And you've got to look for a way to ignite that fire. Some are just unbelieving. They, they just don't believe this for whatever reason. They just, no, nope, not for me, not going to accept it. They just look at all the, the things on the other side, the negatives, and say, this, this is more believable for me than the scriptures. Some are just plain rebellious and stiff-necked. However they got that way, they did. And, you know, that's tough. The thing we can do for folks in other, other situations, just keep praying and praying and praying and praying and be there, be available. If they want to talk, you're, you're there. Don't give up. Like we had the lesson here about a month ago. Don't give up. Power the gospel. Power the gospel. But still it says many, many travel that road. Then there's the narrow road which leads to life. It says few travel there. Few. I pray you're among the few. These are the believing ones. They believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the scriptures and God Almighty. They trust him. They're trusting ones. These are the ones who I'm even saying are daring and courageous. They go against the grain. They go against the world. They don't want to go with the crowd. You know, that wide Broadway, that's the crowd. They're all going, hey, this is it. Come on, let's have fun, whatever it is. You say, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not believing, I'm bu not buying that one. Something else to life. These are the hopeful ones, the determined ones, the ones who are wise, who truly listen to God and listen to Jesus' words. These are the risk taker. You want to be a risk taker? You hear about that today. You sign on with Jesus Christ. Take a risk. Put your life in his hands. You'll never regret it. You might have a hard trek to make, but you won't regret it. The ones who are willing to endure hardship, we could go on and on. The ones who truly love God. You know, what, what, is, what is Jesus telling us here? Despite God's will and desire that all people be saved, we read that in Scripture, don't we? 
despite all the evidence for his existence in creation, and we see this science discovering more and more about this could not have happened by chance. More and more evidence for that. Despite the drawing power of the cross of Jesus Christ, only a few walk this road. It's a puzzle. But Jesus said that's the way it is. We would say that cushy limo is packed. And the party in that trek over the mountains is pretty small. You have to choose. Let's go to Romans chapter 2 here. I want to start with verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. And notice again, there's only two situations here. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for, and I pointed this out before, they're seeking for glory and honor and immortality. It's okay to seek for That's what we should be seeking for. That's what we want. God has promised it to us. That's what we should want. For those who are doing that, that's the ones on the trek over the hill, over the mountains, <coughs> eternal life. That's what you get. And all that means. But to those who are selfishly ambitious, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, what do they get? Wrath and indignation. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does, does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. So, Two roads, two ways. The one leads to life, the one leads to destruction and death. There's many on the broad way, and there's a few on this narrow way of life. Those are Jesus' words. Those are the facts. That's the truth. There's one thing we haven't talked about yet back there in Matthew 7. And that's the gate. There is a gate to enter for each of these ways or roads to get on. For the wide road, it says the gate is broad. The gate to the broad way is wide. That means it's an easy access. In fact, you really don't have to do a whole, much, whole lot to get on there. You just kind of follow the crowd. 
you really don't even have to choose it. You just do it. You just live that way. But then he says, the gate for the narrow way is small and narrow. And that means you have to look for it. You have to make an effort to enter it, to get through it. It's narrow. You have to find it. And he says there's few who find it. Some people just aren't looking for it. They, and then they, when they find it, they see it's too narrow and too, too restricted and they don't want to go in. What is this small gate? Let's go to John 10. I was looking for a scripture to, to follow up with this, and I think this one works pretty good. The narrow gate, of course, is Jesus Christ. He's the gate. That's the way you get on the road to life, isn't it? Isn't it through him? Well, you know, we're going to mix the metaphor here, but even, even God's writers did that in the letters. So in John 10, 7, what does Jesus say? Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now listen to verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And he'll have life. Jesus is the gate. That's how you get on this narrow way that leads to life. And so we need to believe in him. We need to be baptized into him, as we've seen in so many scriptures. And then we have to follow him. That's the way of life. Turn over a couple pages there, if you're there, and John, go to John 14, 6, and you've probably figured, you've seen it, you know what that is. You know, again, when you choose the gate, you choose the way to travel, and you choose the destination. It's pretty plain. It's quite plain. Just like we said at the outset of the lesson. Notice Jesus' exhortation there in Matthew 7. He says, enter through the narrow gate. That's his exhortation. He says, don't, don't go on that broad way. Don't go through that broad gate. He says, enter through the narrow gate. That's the way that leads through life. The final scripture in John 14, 6, you can quote it. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You know, it just, again, scripture just fits together so beautifully because it has the same author. It's telling the same truths in different ways and different situations. He's the way, way to life. He is the truth. He is the destination. He is life. We're going to be with him. What a beautiful picture to enter this way of life through Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and to end up with Jesus where he has prepared a place for us to live.
What else can I say? You know, a lot of preachers or ministers like to add their 15 minutes of sermon then after the lesson. I kind of let the word of God speak for itself. It is what has the power, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You heard the words of the Lord. Two gates, two ways, two destinations. He's the way to get on the, the way of life. It leads to all that's good. Are you in Christ? Have you gone through the gate? If not, we can help you out with that today. Or maybe you want to talk some more about that, try to understand what is required of you. As he said, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. There will be opposition. If you're a Christian and you're kind of wobbling on your walk with Jesus and you need prayer today, we'd be happy to pray with you. However we might assist you in your spiritual journey, whether you want to come up or talk to somebody on the way out, we're here to help you. Well, Brother Jim leads us, please.